I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. Today I have invited Mary Beth Janerick. She's the Community Education Director for Wasatch Community Gardens. And we're going to talk about our gardens because it's the end of the season. I think a lot of people think, oh, that's it. I don't have my fresh fruits and vegetables really to get me through the winter. And we want to talk about, boy, there are some things that you can do, Mary Beth, to really extend the season. So first of all, let's talk about the things that are in their gardens already that they can actually extend as long as they can. Right. There are so many exciting things that you can do um, so that you can be harvesting fresh vegetables for the holidays and beyond, uh, in fact, right through until next spring. So, for example, if people planted cool season crops this year that are still in their garden, those are things like kale and chard, maybe collard greens or leeks that are very long season, um, even carrots uh, or some other root crops, they may still be in the ground doing better now that aphid season has come to sure. a close on the brassicas. And there are really simple techniques of providing winter protection for those crops to extend that harvest window. Um, So talk about that. So probably the easiest thing to do um, is to create what's called a little low tunnel hoop house. And it sounds much fancier than it is. It's just a, a means of winter protection. And basically it involves a few pieces of rebar that you get in the lumber section at Home Depot, a couple of lengths of PVC pipe that you get in the plumbing department at Home Depot or Lowe's, and some zip, zip tizer duct tape. And that is all you need uh, to construct the frame And there are various types, so you can imagine um, a four-foot square in your garden over your existing chard or kale, Mm -hmm. say. Um, And you pound your rebar into the corners of that four-foot square about halfway down, so they're a foot below ground and a foot above ground. And then you take your 10-foot piece of rebar and you make like a dome-style tent, so crisscross pattern. You stick the end of the PVC down over one corner of the rebar and then bend it and down over the other. So you've made a a hoop or a loop, if you will. And then you do one in the opposite direction. And you've 
just created this little dome mini tent, mini right? tent exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that a tent needs are the walls of the tent, of right? So um, then the important thing is to get the, some plastic. Um, some people do use just plastic drop cloths from the hardware store, the but thicker, those not the the, the thicker ones, right, right? But they do not do very well in the UV light. So it is recommended. This is maybe the most complicated part. It is recommended that you get UV resistant. Uh, like a greenhouse type plastic, but I have a perfect source for people for that. Okay, great. Um, it is an agricultural supply place called Steve Regan, and it's on f- uh, 500 West and I think 4215 South. And you go in there and you say, hello, I was told to make this hoop house and it's four by four. And, um, you know, I used a 10 foot pole so they know that it's about four feet high and they will sell you just the right amount of plastic. Wow. And then that same piece of plastic you can use year after year after year. Uh, I have some plastic. Oh yeah. That I've used for eight years running. Might get a little bit of, a little bit of cloudiness to it, but it holds up really well and doesn't disintegrate in the, in the sun at all. Then you just attach your plastic to your pipes with like butterfly clamps or um, some type of clippy, clampy type of device that, again, you just get at the hardware store and your plants are now protected. And you can go out in November, December, January, February, March and get some fresh greens for braising or to throw into your soups. Um, we even use some of those, uh, greens on salad, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on sandwiches or in salad. Um, so you're telling me I can protect those greens all the way until the next growing season? Absolutely. Um, they are biennial crops, which means you plant them one year and they grow, 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 grow. And then left to their own devices over the winter, they just sort of sit there and they stay alive, but they won't necessarily get bigger. And that has to do with the number of daylight hours that we have. Um, And then the next season is when they start to think, okay, I'm in year two, it's time for me to reproduce. And that's when eventually they'll send up a flower stalk and then seeds will form and the plant will no longer really be edible. So you have this really great opportunity to extend the harvest on these biennial crops. Um, The same with carrots. You can leave carrots in the ground over the winter. And as a matter of fact, if you have carrots that you haven't harvested You can forget the whole hoop house idea if that's a little bit more than you want to go for right now and just take your bags of leaves Mm -hmm. and put your bags of leaves right down on top of your carrot bed. And that will insulate them enough so that the ground doesn't freeze. And then say in February, you want to make carrot soup. You go out, maybe shovel a little path to your lawn and leaf bags, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lift up your bags and use your little trowel and dig out some So you're saying perfectly the whole bag, fresh... not just dumping the leaves. Just I recommend just the whole bag. Okay. We we do live in a really windy kind of um, so area here. So they'll blow yeah. away, yeah. Um, so I recommend just your regular bag of leaves, just throw it on there and you can harvest your carrots. Terrific. So, and if that is too complicated... You can get just a clear plastic Rubbermaid. Now, this is not something... We don't teach the Rubbermaid tub technique in Mm -hmm. the workshops Mm -hmm. that we offer, but it is something that I've tried in my garden. Uh, The very first year that I got into this, I just... I had this beautiful charred plant, and I thought, I wonder 
wonder what I can do with this. This was many years ago. And I took a Rubbermaid, turned it upside down, plopped it down on top of the plant. And occasionally I would go out and on a sunny day and move it and let it have some, some fresh sun. air. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to harvest chard through the whole winter like that. And I love chard. It is my absolute favorite. It's vegetable. so versatile. People it, don't realize how delicious it is and how sweet it is. It is really delicious and sweet. It can have a bit of a unique flavor that might not be suitable for every purpose. For example, uh, we put it in smoothies. We have mm-hmm, smoothies mm-hmm. for breakfast almost every day. And my husband's not as big of a fan of chard. Um, Collard greens really don't get enough credit, I think, in our culture. But collard greens are very mild flavored. I mean, people think of that heavy, rich collard that's been cooked for days in, you know, bacon grease or whatever. (laughs) Whatever. You know, I'll eat that too. But fresh Uncooked collards are so versatile. So I would encourage your listeners to think I about planted a lot. So. Mm, they're they're very very yummy. They're a great alternative to kale to try to mix it up mm-hmm. a little bit. I like the tender kale, but the heartier stuff is really hard for me too. Now there's a trick for that. Okay, um, which is called massaging your kale. So um, there's a Simple, simple kale salad recipe. If you just go pick your mature kale or partly mature kale and just cut it into ribbons and put it in a salad, you can be chewing for days, Um, which is fine for some people. But you can tenderize it by cutting it into, you know, your ribbons or bite-sized pieces, tearing or cutting, and then literally taking your hands and putting them into the bowl of kale and just massaging and rubbing it back and forth between your thumb and your fingers. Um, And what you're doing is breaking down the cell walls of that leaf and making it much more palatable. It has a much better mouthfeel. You don't have to chew for days. Uh, you're still getting all of that nutrition. You can do that for just a few minutes. Just, just a few minutes, huh. and um, if you like, you can add just a little bit of olive oil, maybe a squirt of lemon juice first to kind of facilitate that massaging. Like when you go for a massage, they'll use sure, some sort of sure. you know oil or mm-hmm. something. So you can do that with the kale leaves as well. Something I never would have thought about. See, Thank now you. you need to go Thank massage you so your kale. Um, you can use a lot of these season extending techniques early, though, as well, like on the front part of the season. Um, so you can plant in walls of water, you know, those green sort of vertical, cylindrical Right, I've used them. Right, uh, probably deals. not the name brand one, but yeah. But, but that, the, idea. that type of little sure. mini greenhouse, if you will, for plants, for your warm season crops, uh, to kind of give them a little bit of protection early on, uh, and also that frost fabric. I, I think frost fabric should be in every gardener's uh, arsenal or toolkit. Right. You've given us some really great advice, things to think about if we didn't plant some of these cold season or colder temperature plants. Uh, to think about what seeds we're going to plant for next year. Exactly. So garden planning is so important. Um, you know, there there are lots of different approaches to gardening. Everybody has a different budget. Everybody has a different lifestyle and amount of time to, to dedicate to this. So if all you can manage to do is, you know, it's June 1st and this is your first chance and you're going to go throw a tomato in the ground, that's fine. But if you are a more avid gardener and you're really passionate about producing a lot of food for your family or for exercise purposes, 
you can really plan out in January and February and March what your whole year's garden is going to look like. And you can maybe leave aside a little bit of space um, so that come end of July, you can plant a new crop, a new round of these cool season crops like more kale, more collards, more chard. Uh, lettuces, arugula, things like this, the, those cool season crops, even some short data maturity carrots, some baby white turnips, things like that, that are perfect for that time of year and, and get those going then. What I tell people is when you pull your peas, you know, so if you plant peas on St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day and you're harvesting them all by the end of June, just uh, maybe put some mulch or compost on that area where your peas were uh, to, to lower that soil temperature a little bit so that those cool season crops in a couple of weeks that you put in the ground will germinate. And you might have to give them a little bit of shade, which you can also do with frost pe- fabric. Um, and then you will have a fresh crop of beautiful greens and root vegetables for late fall, early winter. And, you know, if you do this hoop house that we were talking about, right through until next spring. Such exciting things to think about. It's when we so want exciting. to eat healthier, right? And we know exactly what goes on our plants. Now, before we run out of time, I want to make sure you tell people about your upcoming oh, sure. workshops. So we teach workshops year-round from the first week of February until uh, mid to late October, covering all the different topics that you can imagine having to do with organic vegetable gardening. So how can people find out more? Go to Wasatch Gardens. Dot org and click on workshops. Scroll down just a little bit and then uh, click on the workshop calendar and you have uh, live links there to register and they're always really fun. Wonderful information. Mary Beth, thank you so thank much. Thank you for being so here much, today. Maria, for having me.